Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and welcome to our show. Let me introduce to you that uh, ultra-talented, slightly intoxicated uh, man about town, Russ, K5TUX. Say hello, Russ. Hello, Russ. And everybody else, welcome to the show, episode number 57 of Linux and the Hamshack. And we do have a great one for everybody tonight. Sorry, things have been so crazy with getting the releases out. I'm I'm working on that. I really am. There was kind of a cluster badger with the last one where I didn't record half of my part, so that's why it's been so slow, but we're working on it. And we have a special guest in the in the room with us in in the the audible room with us tonight and I'm going to go ahead and let Richard introduce him. Oh, you're going to make me do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was going to make you do it so that I could get away with it. No, okay. Uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, children of all ages, we have Jonathan Nadu with us from, uh, uh, where is that place? Frostbite Systems, but he's not going to talk about that much. In fact, he's going to talk about it all he wants. We're just going to say he's not going to talk about it much. But his main reason for being here is to discuss with us Orca. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm just glad to have you here. It's, um, like I was telling you earlier, I have to repeat things because I just can't keep them contained. You know, I heard you on one of the shows recently and told Russ that, you know, we'd been having requests for, uh, accessibility stuff on the, uh, on the Linux show here and, uh, heard you on another program and I'm like, Hey, we need to get him on over here. And I'm, I'm glad he finally got in touch with you. He's better at booking acts than I am. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so tear it up, Russ. Okay, well, I won't tell you what I what I had to do to get Jonathan on the show because it was <laughs> it was ex- so extremely involved and uh, incredibly difficult because he's such a busy gentleman that I think you owe me for this one. That's why we have the secret fund. Okay, well, you were the one who gets all this information about Orca, and uh, so I'm going to let you do a little bit of the interviewing this time because when we interviewed W1HKJ. I did most of the talking, so that's because you didn't know nothing about it. I let you think that all the time. I play the dumb guy more than you know. Well, don't be so dumb this time because you had me study on the studying on something else all day long. Well, good. Then you'll then you'll be knowledgeable about that other thing when we get to it. But you know oh. about Orca, so you can go ahead and start here, and I'll jump in in a minute. 
I guess I know enough. Hey, Jonathan, besides, I know. Besides, Russ did all the heavy lifting. Like you said, he went through a, a ton of work to, uh, to to pin me down and catch up with me. So, <laughs> okay, don't I'm laugh. Have to don't get laugh. That story later. Uh, <laughs> it was so hard. It was unbelievably hard. Okay, I could have. Right. I could. I could have had Tom Cruise on here easier than it was to find him. You're gonna throw, you're gonna throw your shoulder out. <laughs> All right, so, go ahead. So let's do this like we're semi-professional. Let, let's do it this way. Well, Jonathan, tell us about Orca. All right. Well, Orca is a screen reader that is built into the GNOME desktop and. Most, I'm not going to say all distributions that that use GNOME by default, but most will already have Orca installed. And so if there's a blind uh, GNU Linux user that sits down on a desktop that's running GNOME, like uh, Ubuntu, Fedora, um, probably Mandarin, but quite uh, Debian. So if, if a blind GNU Linux user sits down on a GNOME desktop, he can hit the Alt F2 button. It'll bring up the run box. He can type in Orca. Hit enter, and that is going to start the Orca screen reader. And it is uh, quite accessible to the GNOME desktop. It works really well, and um, it allows you to, uh, you know, you can use Firefox, OpenOffice, LibreOffice. Um, you know, you can play your your MP3 files or OGG files. You can use GPodder. You can, uh, you know, install software from the command line or however way you choose. Um, it's very flexible, very usable, and uh, I'm a huge advocate of Orca and free software for accessibility. Well, there you go. Um, as I said before we got started, um, here I go repeating myself again. Um, we've got, we've had a lot of requests for people asking about, uh, this. And in fact, I think one person actually mentioned you by name to get you on here, but, uh, you are an Orca user. I'm, I'm, I seem to remember. And, um, Rating the uh, the readers that uh, you can get in mm. most of the common distributions, how does Orca stack up? Well, I started using Orca in 07 when it was Ubuntu 7.10, gutsy given. And at that t- up until that point, unfortunately, I was a Windows user and I was using the JAWS screen reader. And Orca at that time in 07, it was... Not comparable at that at that point. It was, I mean, it worked, but there, you know, it was a uh, not. It didn't work as well. It wasn't as responsive. Um, not everything was accessible as it is now. It was still a work in process at that point. But as far as today's standards go, I uh, once I switched over to GNU Linux three years ago or almost four years ago now, I have completely dropped Windows and I strictly use Linux all the time every day. I run my business off Linux. I go to school full time, and I strictly use Linux and the Orca screen reader. Well, I'm going to jump in here like real early because I have a question for you. Um, one of many, actually. But sure. when it comes to Orca, as far as like once the desktop is already up and running, you know, firing up Orca and getting a screen reader is kind of you know uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah. But what about getting an installation going? I mean. There are some distributions. I know Arch has one distribution where it'll actually fire up a screen reader during install. Yep. Do you use a distribution that does that, or do you install something like Debian or whatever? And what's your experience with getting screen readers from an actual boot or install screen? Because that, to me, seems like it's a lot harder than getting it to fire up once the you know once the system's already installed. Yeah, there there are 
basically two distros right now, and you mentioned one arch. There's a, a they call it the talking arch, where uh, this guy Chris Brennan basically took the net install ISO image of Arch Linux, and all he did was he included. I don't know if he compiled his own kernel, but he basically included the speak up module, which is a it's a little bit different from Orca. Orca can is a screen reader that can interact with like the GUI interface on the desktop. SpeakUp is another, I don't want to say screen reader, but it's another like synthesizer that strictly works like within the command line. So he, he included the SpeakUp kernel in the module. So when you drop the CD into the computer, it's the exact same Arch Linux and installation that a sighted person would use, except SpeakUp pops up and you can start going through the menu and, and installing Arch that way. But there's another distribution called Vinux, which is V-I-V-I-N-U-X, and it's based off of Ubuntu. And what these guys did is they kind of stripped out some of the inaccessible things in Ubuntu, but they also made the installation completely accessible from start to finish. So you drop the CD in, and it automatically boots into the live desktop, and Orca is already running. So from there... Um, they use remaster sys to build the ISO image. So from there, you would go to the, like the um, system menu and you'd click on install to hard driver. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but you'd click on that and from there it walks you through the whole installation. You know, choose your password. What's the the, the name of your computer? Choose the date and time. How do you want to partition it? it just, it's the same exact installation that a sighted person would use in Ubuntu, except Orca walks through, you know, reads you through the installation. And so a completely blind person could install Vinix on their own, no problem, from start to finish. And once they reboot, then, you know, you go into the GDM, you log in, and Orca's already up and running, and then you're ready to go. Okay, well, how does Vinix handle its uh, installation pre-install? Like, um, you know, every distribution, either you have to download it, burn it to a CD, whatever. Do they actually, can you buy a Vinix CD or whatever, or... Or order one or, or something like that. I mean, you know, accessibility for, for a blind person seems to me it starts even before you put the disc in the drive and start to install it. You know what I mean? They, they should make it easy for you to, to get the media. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, if you go to the, I think it's vinix.co.uk because the, the creator of Vinix, the, the main guy's name is. Tony Sales and he lives in the UK. So that's why it's a .co.uk site. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like any other distro. You would just, you know, download the, the ISO and, you know, you'd have to burn it and, uh, you know, just like any other distro. But they also, there's also, um, someone on the Vinix team who builds virtual images. So if someone's using Windows and they want to try out Vinix, I can't remember the whole process, but it's really cool what he does. Like you download this whole package and you, you unzip it. And then you install, I think he uses VMware Player, so it'll install VMware Player for you and then launch the Vinix ISO already, and you don't have to, you know, install anything. And, it, you know, you can the blind person can basically play with Vinix inside their Windows system. I've, I've actually done an, a uh, talking Arch install in a virtual machine just to see what it was like. I mean, clearly I don't need it, but I, I wanted to see if it was uh, what I thought might be usable uh, as far as a non-sighted person, you know, doing it, it seemed pretty reasonable. Uh, yeah. How does Vinix stack up? I mean, do you like it? Uh, I like what they stand for and what they're trying to do. But I, I, uh, I, I don't. I was using it for a while, but I've switched. I'm, I, I'm kind of a hard, hardcore Slackware user, and I'm also sw- moving over to Debian now too. 
you know, Vinix, Vinix, like I said, is based off of Ubuntu, and Vinix has a pretty good mailing list and stuff. The, the community is growing there, and uh, I've been voicing my opinion on how I think Vinix should switch over to Debian. I think there's no need to build off of Ubuntu since Ubuntu uses like 85% of Debian packages anyways, and I figured we'd be better off build going straight to the source than Ubuntu, especially with this whole Unity debacle that Ubuntu's doing. I mean, I think Vinix is going to be making their work much harder than it needs to be if they stick with using Ubuntu. And I'll continue to support them. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I still recommend it to blind users that are new to Linux or even, you know, don't want to get too deep into it. I still recommend it by myself. Uh, not going to run it anymore. Well, okay. that right there was something that would jumped up at me is that this new uh, Unity desktop, I've taken a look at it, and it's very visual. Yeah, why well, I, I try installed the Alpha three the other day and it it doesn't work at all. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, it was one of the alphas I was looking at, but I can imagine that it it give uh, the accessibility stuff a really hard time. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know. In fact, it reminds me of my cell phone because the the actual upfront interface looks very similar to the interface on my cell phone. Yeah. Well, here's something. Let me let me give this a little bit of fair time. Did you have you actually tried to or had to install Windows uh, as a blind person? You can't. It's impossible. Yeah. Okay. I was just wondering about that. <laughs> Not by yourself, anyways. Right. Right. Yeah. And of course, most uh, Linux distributions would be the same. So, how do you go about installing Slackware? Well, I'm blessed with having an awesome wife, and she helps me out with that. So. Okay, so even even the distribution that you like isn't uh, technically accessible. You have to have somebody else do the installation for you. And then, of course, once you get to the point where you have uh, Orca available, then then everything's available to you. But uh, yeah, I mean, Slackware is pretty easy to install, anyways. It's, it's everything happens after everything's said and done, anyways. The whole configuring everything, so it's not too big of a deal to get that installed. But Slackware actually does include a speak up kernel on their dvd and I, I i just stumbled across this the other day i might actually try installing it this way just to see how well it works but when you when you drop the slackware dvd in it uh one of the first screens that comes up it asks like what kernel do you want to use and i think if you type in speak up or speak up dash kernel it'll use the speak up kernel that are that has the speak up module in the kernel and then it would basically talk me through the installation so I don't know much about it yet. I just stumbled across it, so I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, actually, I just did a Google for that while you were talking about it, and yep, there it is. Apparently, if you type "speak up," uh, you get a "speak up" enabled kernel. Yeah, that's pretty. Cool. And they're they're one of very uh, not many distributions that I well actually know. I take that back. I think as of two point six point thirty seven, I think all the kernels now are going to include the "speak up" module in it by default now. But for the longest time. No one included the speak up kernel by default. Slackware did, I think, from like day one, and they and they're they're the one, the one that always have, but everyone else never never included it. Well, cool. Another another mark in the plus column for Slackware. I'm not particularly fond of Slackware. I used it real early on when there was little else. Yeah. Um, but uh, since then, I've did my time with Red Hat and now moved over to Debian. But you know, the reason I like Debian is because it's so flexible and it's still like NetBSD runs on architectures that everyone else has all but forgotten. Yeah. Um, Slackware definitely apparently still has its benefits, which is really cool. I think we'll let Klaatu know that they have uh, <laughs> the, you know, an installation procedure for blind individuals. That's fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah. Slackware's got its 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 ups and downs. I kind of ran to a wall the other day with it, but yeah, it, you know, I like I like every distribution. It has its ups and downs. So uh, it was interesting for me to hear you say that you weren't terribly fond of Vinix because I I know it's a distribution designed specifically for blind people, mm. um, but. Uh, there's another, there's another podcast that's out there. It used to be a satellite radio program called the Quick Learning Tech Show. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No. But they're, they're now doing it as a podcast format. And one of the hosts, his name is Matt. Um, and he's a ham radio operator too, KB7QLT. He is also blind. And I talked on their show. I went on their show, uh, a couple of years ago. Now I think it was, uh, I talked to him about Linux and everything. And they're, they're moving over to Linux and talking about, free software and all that kind of thing, and they were down on Vinix as well. They said they hmm. started out with it because it was the only distribution out there, you know, targeted to the blind users, but they didn't particularly like it, just like apparently you don't. Yeah, like, like I said, I, I would, re- for me, myself, I just, you know, I, I, I fortunately can use something else, like, you know, I have like four separate hard drives for my notebook. Right now I got Fedora, uh, Slackware, Debian, and I I think it's, I do still have Linux on one hard drive because I like to see because they do do some cool things that you know like I said I, I'd recommend any blind user to use it that's new to Linux or maybe doesn't want to mess around with stuff or that doesn't have the help that I have to you know install whatever they want at will so it's definitely a good distribution I just choose not to use it just because you know, sometimes I dig my heels in and I want to stand up for something so. Now, as as Frostbite Systems is concerned, you will uh, pre-install Linux on on a desktop. But if um, someone who comes to you who is um, a blind user like yourself, yeah, do you recommend or not recommend Linux? Or since you're going to be installing an OS on it um, anyway for for the person in question, do you usually go with something else? No, I'm I'm going to stick with putting Linux on because, like I said. It, it's still a good distribution, especially if, you know, the person, the blind person lives by themselves and, you know, maybe they'll have to reinstall someday for whatever reason. Or, you know, the Vinix mailing list is really good. They got good support on the mailing list. So, like I said, it's not, it's just my personal choice not to use it for me personally, but I, I would still recommend it to most blind users if, you know, for, for multiple reasons. Okay, well, just out of curiosity, before I let Richard jump jump back in here and talk about Orca some more, can you give uh, maybe a reason or two um, that you think Vinix is a good distro and a reason or two specifically that you don't particularly like it? Okay, well, the, the, there's multiple reasons why it's good. Uh, one, the a lot of the default packages that they include in it are pretty much all accessible, so you're not going to have to really worry about that. They They pick and choose, you know, uh, closely what they include on the distro and what they don't. So that way, if someone's new to Linux, they don't have to muck around and, and figure out, like, you know, is, is this accessible? Is this not accessible? So they do a good job at the package selection. Um, another, another cool thing that they do is um, usually, like, say, if, like, well, almost any distro, when, you know, what they all have the six-month release cycle. So if you're running Fedora 14, you might get incremental up- updates to Orca, but what Vinix does is they run their own repository. They have their own Vinix repository. So they push like any new Orca updates. So you're going to pretty much have the latest and greatest Orca no matter what version of Vinix you're running. So that's also a really cool feature that they do. Another cool thing that they do is they uh, include speak up in the kernel. So what, what happens is 
say if uh, you're using the GUI and you're moving around the desktop and you're doing something, and let's just say, not that this probably really happens anymore, but let's say for some reason X dies on you and you drop down to a terminal, well, by default, SpeakUp will come up. And you can then try and figure out what's going on with your computer from SpeakUp from the terminal, and hopefully you can repair your system from SpeakUp and get the desktop to come back up. So th- those are some really cool features that Vinix does that you know any other distribution doesn't do by default. Granted, you can set them up to do that, but you have you have to know what you're doing, and you know you, you have to know how to set it up. So so those some of the, those are some of the cool things that Vinix does do, which I think is really cool. I would say the main, like really the main reason why I I don't use Vinix is because they're based off of Ubuntu. That's really the main reason why I don't want to use it because I don't agree with what Ubuntu is doing. I think they're going to hurt the Linux community more than more than help it. And I I think I really think Vinix is making their work how out a lot harder for them if they're going to stick with using Ubuntu because. If they're, they're, they're switching over to, to using Unity, Ubuntu is not going to put any work into the GNOME desktop. Vinix is going to then have to rip out the Unity desktop, patch GNOME or whatever they're going to have to do to make it work the way it should work instead of this hack job that Ubuntu is going to do to GNOME. And it's just, I just think their work is going to be cut out for them if they stick with it. And I just think it would make everything much better if they moved over to Debian. Again, for many reasons, because if whatever patches Vinix pushes to Debian, Debian is a very upstream distribution. So any patches that Vinix does to the GNOME desktop, to Orca, to even accessible applications, those fixes will get pushed to Debian and then in turn will get pushed upstream. And then everyone benefits from the work that Vinix is doing instead of only Ubuntu benefiting, if you'd even want to say they're benefiting. Yeah, I've I've talked about this on a couple of the past podcasts and I've um you know, um I use the the term that other people like to use when they remove windows from their life using uh defenestrate. There there isn't a nice Latin based word for de Ubuntuizing your life, but I have actually <laughs> uh I have actually done that. I've gone completely back to Debian and Linux Mint Debian. And it would actually be nice to see uh Vinix uh choose a Debian base as well. Uh, I think that would be a smart path, considering the lunacy that is coming out of Canonical right now. And uh, we, we've talked about, well, I've ranted and railed against the way Ubuntu is going right now. Really, the only reason I used Ubuntu in the first place is because it would run out of the box on a couple of machines I had that Debian had some issues with. Yeah. But those have since been resolved, and now I can install Debian again and Linux Mint Debian on everything. So Ubuntu is now gone for my life. I'm, yeah. I'm happy again. So, yeah, there were uh, talks on the Linux mailing list to look at using Linux Mint Debian, which is uh, fine by me. And you know, any move is is fine if to get off of Ubuntu. Like like I said, if they weren't going down this path, I'd I'd be fine with it. But I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And you know, I I voiced my opinion on the mailing list. And like I said, I still support Linux. So I think what they're doing is awesome. So I would just like them to see that go that one more inch or mile or however you want to put it than just kind of to, to, to use a different base. Yeah, I think were it me, I would have kind of done what Red Hat did, whereas if you're going to have a development test bed, you create another distribution. You know, maybe they have right. Ubuntu mainline and then Ubuntu Unity and have it as two distributions so that the people who are comfortable with what Ubuntu, with what Ubuntu is can have what they want, and then if people want to go in a radically different direction, they can have something else without ruining you know, all the work that's come before. 
but uh, I'm not Shuttleworth, and I don't have any say in that discussion. So why don't we uh, (laughs) bring Richard back into this, since I'm sure he's asleep at this point, and uh, let him ask a question or two. I got the noise gate turned up so you can't hear me snoring. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I could hear you. (laughs) <laughs> I bet you can. I bet you can. Uh, actually, I, I just kind of, I, the whole Ubuntu thing got everybody in a lather. It's got, I mean, and part of the problem here is that the machines I use for uh, mostly the podcast and my everyday use, they don't like uh, Debian Mint. Well, they don't like Mint. For some reason, it makes them lock up. Hmm. Uh, they will run Debian, but Debian... I would love to go back to Debian, but I, I need my flash player and I, I can't get Ganache out without removing the whole desktop. Yes, so, you can. I'll show you how. <laughs> anyway, but I, let's back up a little bit. Um, we, we do need to bring the amateur radio party in because this is partially an amateur radio show. Also, we have a lot of sight impaired and blind hams that uh, listen to our show. I know mm. several of them here around my area and stuff. And I know, uh, if, for those of those out there listening to the show that aren't, I'm sure they know at least one, uh, because ham radio is real big about uh, bringing in those that have access accessibility issues, whether it's uh, mobility issues, that kind of stuff. Mm. So, uh, I, let's back, back up a minute. You, you were on Venix and, uh, if somebody was, I know this is probably a difficult deal to try and figure out, but, if if somebody had been using Windows, blind user, because uh, the lighthouse here in Dallas, they do almost everybody's computers, and they always put Windows on them. Uh, if they were wanting to come over from Windows to Linux, and they didn't have somebody to assist them do, to do so, would something like Venix be uh, within the realm of possibility for them to get installed? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I said uh, earlier that... Uh, Venix is a completely accessible uh, distribution from start to finish. So the second they drop the CD in, and as long as their computer is set to boot off the CD, um, it'll boot into a live uh, into a live uh, session of Venix. And right from there, you can click on the installation uh, icon and start installing. It'll 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 talk you right through the installation process. You know, create your username, create your password, choose the date and time. Um, you know, how do you want to partition it? You can even set up a dual boot from there because it'll, you know, you can see, do you want to install side by side or do you want to use the whole hard drive? So yeah, they could install it exactly how they want to. Yeah. Just have to be smart enough to actually know what the computer's saying to them. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's appliance operators on, on, uh, on that end also. Um, have you had any experience or know anybody's had any experience running like some of the amateur radio software under Linux with uh, Orca? Um, unfortunately, I have not used any of the software, but I can tell you from my experience that if the application is a GTK framework, there's a very good chance that Orca is going to work with it. Okay. If the application is QT, there's a very good chance it is not going to work because <laughs> the QT framework is not accessible at all. Right. Um, but since we're using Linux, though, there is power in the command line. And right. almost every package that you're going to be using in a, a GNU Linux distribution, even though it's a, a GUI interface, 99% of the time, it's, ru- it's really running in the terminal anyways. So 
if the person was savvy enough to maybe find out what some of the switches are to use the stuff from the command line, even if you couldn't access it, if it's a QT framework or whatever, you could still probably control it from the command line. Well, there you go. One of our regulars that's in the chat room tonight is Ted, uh, W-A-0-E-I-R, and he's got several uh, uh, really good pieces of software which uh, uh, will handle digital operations over over the radio, <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, they, I'm sure that they would run perfectly fine in some sort of screen reader, most especially uh, Orca. Um, are you familiar with the Fast Light Toolkit? No, I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Okay. Uh, the, one of the, one of the big, the big, uh, piece of digital communication software, or it's basically a terminal program that's written with fast light toolkits called, uh, FLDG. Okay. And, um, I've been trying to find out if that's something that these folks could use. It's pretty full featured and, you know, Ted software, simpler is better sometimes. And, uh, Ted does good work. All his stuff is, is quality stuff, but on the front end, the, the, for lack of a better word, the visual end, um, yeah, it's not overly done. Okay. And, um, if he's running it in SSH and you do it from the command line, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, a blind user would be able to control it. No problem from the, yeah. from the terminal. Like I said, if you can access something from the terminal, you, a, a blind person can definitely, you know, use that software. Like, yeah, there's you know, a. The only learning curve is, like I said, learning the switches and, you know, the different commands and stuff like that. But if you can right. access it from the terminal or, or SSH into something or whatever, then absolutely you could, you could use it. I bet Orca will spit a man page out in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I, I crank mine up to the fastest it can talk. <laughs> yeah, I've got a friend here, uh, Jim, that uh, I was over at his house one day and he was, uh, he was doing something for work and I can't remember what it was. And, uh, he had screen reader running and, uh, he was, uh, reading some documentation for work the next day and I couldn't even understand it. It was going so fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, the reaction I get when people hear my computer. The first computer science class I had, the, the kids of my class were like, does that thing talk? Is that English? And I was like, oh yeah. I'm like, you understand what that's saying? I'm like, yeah. And they were just oh. like, man, that sounds like gibberish. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not as big a shock. It wasn't as big a shock to me. Uh, well, after probably 25, 26 years old, because I lived with a, a deaf lady for about two years and noticed how different things were and how things were there. And then Jim, knowing Jim and a couple of other blind hams, it goes by so fast. I, it, it like 21 word a minute code it at some point. Now, Ted tells us in the chat room that uh, his stuff will run perfectly fine over SSH. So okay. apparently I'm losing the ability to speak English too. Um, but, uh, that we got that covered. Let's see what Russ has got over on the, the fast light toolkit. Uh, well, the fast light toolkit, which I actually misread what I was going to read, uh, is a C implementation, which uses OpenGL and glut. Uh, and there's nothing in that that indicates that it's GTK in any way. However, I was about to install FLDG and Orca and see what happened. Well, there you go. And again, even if the GUI part of it isn't accessible, if there's any sort of command line interface to that, you can absolutely control it. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, um, Ted's telling us in the chat room that, uh, uh, PSK31LX, which is one of the programs he has over there, runs, uh, Runs just fine, command line and SSH. So, um, 
Good. Uh, it's like I said, there's a lot of tools in there. One of the reasons we ended up being, uh, well, I ended up running Ubuntu. I started on, well, I started on Mandrake, but, um, I spent a lot of time with Debian and, uh, the Debian repositories. It's my understanding that the guy that started Debian was an amateur radio operator. So they always make sure that they have uh, as much of the amateur radio applications in the repositories as possible and the newest versions of that kind of stuff and everything. Mm. So, uh, okay. Well, okay. let me, so let me try this before me. we move on. Uh, hold, hold whatever question you got there. Cause, it, that. Cause I've got a bunch of stuff on my desktop here. And if I fire a Borka, it might start reading the hell out of stuff. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't talk fast out of the box. It's actually pretty slow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Ooh, English. English Scottish. Do we want to do Scottish speech? Um, no, let me and go ahead. Seven, seven is English. Seven is English, huh? Um, yeah. yeah, it sure is. What's the default? Uh, it's, it's like a weird robotic English kind of thing. All right. Well, let me Japanese. choose option seven. <laughs> Let's see. Do I want to enable echo by word? That's what I usually do. Okay. Well, we turn that on. Enable key echo. No, no, I don't I, no. Say no to that. That's annoying. Yeah. And uh, layout. Well, let's see. It's a desktop, so I guess we want that. No, I don't want Braille. Uh, no Braille monitor. Uh, no, I don't want to auto start. Those uh, are cool. You need one in Braille monitor. <laughs> yeah, I need them. They're cool. I don't think that'll help me out very much. I think that might you're gonna have to, slow down my productivity. If you're like using the computer that you're loading this in, because you're gonna have to log out and log back in in order for Orca to start. Um, I'm not recording on the machine. I'm doing this, so. Okay, okay, okay. Do you want to log I just out? I wanted, wanted to warn you. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, uh, go ahead and ask him another question. Machine he's got. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, do this while you ask him another question. Um, oh, one thing uh, that I was gonna mention, if you don't mind, is um. I, I do uh, a podcast called This Week in Fedora, and I noticed actually doing some homework that they offer a ham radio version of Fedora. They call, it's called like the ham radio spin. So it's uh-huh. like a version of Fedora specifically made for ham radio operators. Let me flip my notepad over here. I'm kind of full. I'm always writing stuff down, and I have to have a pen that doesn't click because it annoys Russ when I <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I got working to start up, but of course, I probably have to fire up the the. Um, you're you're gonna have to hit um, the insert key and spacebar. The insert key. Oh wait, you didn't. Are you, uh, sorry, you're gonna have to hit Alt F2 first. Yeah. And then type in Orca, and then that'll start it because you told it not to start automatically. Well, the thing is, I didn't reboot, which means it's probably looking for a. Mo- well, see, I started up, and I've got the Orca screen reader up. Oh, okay. But I didn't reboot, which means it probably didn't start the kernel module. Well, no, you just have to log out. You don't have to do an actual. Well, I don't like, want to do that though because the live stream is actually associated. Oh, okay, with... that that's why I was saying you're gonna. Yeah, you have to actually like log out and log back in. I bet for... there's a way to circumvent that. Yeah, you probably have to restart. I think it's Dbus. If you restart Dbus, I restart that... Dbus. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me do that. Let's see. Rebus the Dbus. That's right. Dbus <laughs> restart. Oh, crap. That just restarted GDM anyway. See, Russ went and broke it again. Okay, well, everybody lost the live stream. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Thanks a lot, Jonathan. Hey, no problem. (laughs) That's what you keep me around for. Well, you know what? While he's over playing game, why don't you 
you know, we, we've been dancing all the way around it, Jonathan. I think it's fair that uh, we should, like, do some shameless promotion. So why don't you tell us about Frostbite Systems? All right. Well, uh, Frostbite Systems is a website that sells uh, desktops and notebooks pre-installed with GNU Linux on it. You can get Ubuntu, Linux Mint, Open... No, I'm sorry. I take that back. Ubuntu, Linux Mint, Debian, and Fedora installed on the computers. And um, got a decent selection. And you, or, or you can even buy the computer with no operating system at all and install Slackware, Arch Linux, Gentoo, whatever you want. Just don't install Windows. Uh, and whatever, every purchase that's made from Frostbite Systems, whatever distribution is installed on that computer. So say if someone buys a Linux Mint computer, I take a portion of the proceeds and donate that money back to Linux Mint to help support their project and uh, support their operating system. Yes, and they are. Uh, I am always fascinated at how much, how good they handle things over at Mint. Mint just amazes me the way things run over there. And now that they've got new guys running their podcast, it uh, is really something. I think. Yeah. We, I think we donate to them regularly too. I don't remember, but um, yeah. I've been wanting, that's something else I've been wanting to get you on the show for so we could, you know, talk about your situation over there. We not only have amateur radio operators listening to us, we've got Linux guys listening to us, people wanting to move over to Linux and everything else. And uh, I think it'd come in real handy because you have, well, it's getting better, but you have a real hard time finding machines that are already have Linux pre-installed on them. Yeah. Mainly because they're for a while uh I don't know if you have. No, I doubt you would. We've got these electronic superstores called Fry's down here. Yeah, I've heard of those. We okay. don't have them over this on this side, but yeah, it's it's one of those places where they have every single thing electronic that was ever invented or thought about, and uh, <laughs> they were selling computers in there at one point. I guess probably six, seven years ago, that for two hundred dollars that had Linux installed on them. And I walked in there and I found out later that it was just a really old version of Mandrake Linux that was on this machine. But I walked oh, up man. looked at it and went, oh, my God, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, it's come a long way since then. And it's nice to know that uh, there, there's your company and a couple others out there that are install, pre-installing Linux on these machines. For people who are just not familiar with that kind of stuff, you know, there's a lot of people out there who can't even install Windows. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's no reason why Windows is so popular as it is. I mean, Gates figured out how to get every computer installed with it. And so, you know, if people had to install Windows, it, that wouldn't be popular either, you know. So it, it definitely it, – one of the things that made Windows such a force in the market because every computer you buy just comes with Windows automatically. So you don't have to install it. You just turn the computer on, bam, you're ready to go. That's it. That's why, uh, that's what, that's the exact argument I give when somebody says, well, you know, Internet Explorer is the number one browser. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, let's see if Russ is finished breaking stuff. Russ, are you finished breaking stuff? No, I'm not finished breaking stuff yet. I, I actually have my computer back up since I had to reboot it. <clears throat> don't Bill, follow Bill. any of my instructions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, note to Bill self, said he don't lost listen. the feed momentarily, but everybody else, else said you were still up. Oh, no, the feed's definitely down. I'm going to start it up here again. Oh, no, it's still up. Okay, it's they, up right now. It is back now. Yeah, it's up now. Okay, yeah, now so the next see. thing you need to do, Russ, is you grab a, a Slackware DVD. 
You put it in the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not listening to you anymore. This interview is over. No, I'm just kidding. He, he's supposed to be running Debian over there. I'm running Linux Mint Debian. That's close enough. Started that. Let me go ahead and start up uh, Orca. Then we'll do that. And then I'll start up FL Digi and see what happens here. See what blows up. Um, okay, here we go, everybody. The big test. Too bad, too bad Dave's not on here. All right, here it is. Now it's up. Now how do I get this thing to read? Is, is, do you hear Orca talking? Uh, if I did, you would. Okay. So I've got speech here. Is there a way to test just to have it speak? I mean, if your speakers are up, you should, you should hear it right now. Um, well, I mean, I'm running through a mixing board and it's, uh, there's definitely audio. Let me see if I got any audio whatsoever. Russ got the one mute copy of Orca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, apply that. I've My got... father has karma like that. <laughs> Let me see if I can hear anything at all. Let me, uh, oh, my Dropbox has gone away too. What have you done to me over here? We haven't touched nothing. You messing it up all by yourself. Well, that's because Jonathan told me to. <laughs> it's probably the dancing pterodactyl. Of course it is. It always is. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm talking about that dancing pterodactyl that was in you. The last, I think it was either the last show we did with video or the next to the last show, the one that was dancing behind you. During oh, the that's right. The Kleenex box. That was, yeah, that was pretty cool. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Let me get some audio here. Let me see if I can hear anything. All right. Can we hear this? For example, it says it's nope. playing, but there's no audio. Nope. If Jonathan don't hear it, I imagine it don't be heard. <laughs> I wonder if Orca's like stealing all my audio. Let me try this here. No, nah, I shouldn't. I mean, if you have Pulse Audio installed, which if you have Mint installed, you probably do. So, yeah, let me go in and see what's wrong with my sound preferences now, since everything's gone to hell in a handbasket over here. Said damn Apple. <laughs> okay, it says there are no audio devices. What the hell? I have okay, no I, audio I devices. It, I think we really need to deserve this, and he can go ahead and badger me if he wants to. But Russ have done broke some badger. I, <laughs> it wasn't me. I I was going on the advice of another person. Oh, you're you're going to blame the blind guy. Is that it? That's exactly Jonathan what I'm doing. thousands of miles away, and he could not have touched your machine. <laughs> he told me to restart D-Bus, and that screwed everything up. Well, I was trying to get you not to have to log out, but I didn't know D-Bus was going to by default log you out. <laughs> well, I don't know. to get you to order computers. What he's trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you need a new computer, Ross. I think, that, thing's, that thing's broken, man. You need, you're in, you're in desperate need of a new computer. That's right. And the best place I know to go get one is a place <laughs> called Frostbite Systems. Well, okay. I don't remember the, I don't remember the, the URL, but I'm sure somebody in here does. Yeah, it's frostbitesystems.com. See, I knew that somebody would know. I'm going to have to was. figure out what the hell's going on here, but everything's kind of broken. I assume everybody can still hear me in the feed or Are us all the there feed. in the chat room. Yeah. Um, but, but since we're talking about frostbite systems here, I've heard you talk about frostbite and the, and the stuff you do, uh, many, many times over on various podcasts. Are you at liberty to discuss the hardware that you get? What kind of stuff actually winds up in the machines you sell, or is that? You oh know? yeah, yeah. It's not. No, it's no secret sauce or anything. I mean, um, I just make sure that you know all of these systems are completely compatible, so that way you know when you purchase something from me, you know you're not going to be like, oh, everything works except the Wi-Fi, or oh, great, I have no sound, or you know, they, especially with notebooks, there. 
I, I don't know if they are anymore, but even up until a few years ago, notebooks could still be pretty hit or miss, like, oh, the headphone jack doesn't work, or, you know, again, oh, my wireless card doesn't work, because, you know, Dells and HPs and all them were using Broadcoms, so on all the notebooks, it's all Intel hardware, Intel wireless cards, you know, Intel motherboards, Intel processors, Intel is extremely uh, compatible with uh, with Linux, so there's... There's no problems there. The video cards and you know, the wireless cards, the network cards, sound cards, everything is completely uh, compatible. The desktops are um, the two out of the four that we sell are again strictly uh, Intel hardware, except the highest end one uses a NVIDIA video card by default because the Core i7 processor does not have any onboard vi- uh, that motherboard and the chipset does not support any onboard video which would be Intel, so I need to have a NVIDIA card in that system by default if people want video. So uh, the two other uh, desktops, the lower-end ones, those use uh, NVIDIA uh, video cards by default because they're AMD processors, and AMD, well, I guess they, they make ATI cards now. Well, they don't make them, but they bought ATI. But these motherboards have NVIDIA, uh, NVIDIA video cards on them by default. But outside of that, I mean, everything works, and you you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt when you get the computer, everything's going to work. Well, that's good to know, I guess. Um, but, you know, I've heard a lot of people who sort of do small-scale computer sales, particularly in the free software space, talk about the fact that you might want to buy from them. And I'm talking about people like Zerizen and System76 mm-hmm. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because the quality of the hardware that they put in their systems tends to be higher which is why you might choose them over somebody like Dell or or somebody who basically just takes, you know, lowest bidder type hardware, throws it in a machine, sells it as cheap as they can. Right. So it's it's always good to put forth the idea that, you know, you're getting a quality piece of hardware, um, and that's why you may have to pay a little bit of a premium. There's a lot of angles with that. I mean, first of all, the, the systems that I sell, and I'm sure as our reason in System76, we – you know, obviously want to choose higher quality hardware. So, you know, the race to the bottom for us is A, impossible, and B, I don't want to race to the bottom because I don't want someone buying a laptop and a year later being like, wow, what a piece of crap this is, and now I have to go buy another one. And when you have, like, the buying buying power that, like, Dell has or HP has, they can go to Intel and say, hey, we want to buy 750,000 of these processors. And then there's me knocking on the door saying like, I'd like two of these, please. (laughs) You know, obviously Intel is going to be like, Hmm, all right, HP, we're going to sell you these processors for considerably less than this guy over here. When I'm, you know, when you're buying onesie twosie stuff or even, even a hundred at a time, you're still paying top dollar for hardware. So, the race to the bottom is a lot harder for smaller guys like us because we don't, we don't have that buying power to, to drive the price of, of everything down. And I've seen people complain like, you know, oh, well, you know, they're putting Linux on. The operating system's free. Why is the computer either the same price or maybe $50 more? And, you know, again, that's because these other larger corporations have more buying power so they can drive the cost of their of their hardware down. And... But as far as like um uh, like System76, Zareason, or even us, or any other like smaller vendor, even if it's not a Linux vendor, we we obviously aren't building these parts. Like we're not building. I mean, even Dell and HP, Gateway, 
uh, name them, Alienware. Uh, you know, none of these guys are building the processors. They're all Intel processors. Intel's building them. No one's building the motherboards. They're all Intel motherboards. You know, these guys aren't even building like the, the shells that the notebooks are in. Like we're all really selling the same stuff more or less. I mean, the, the granted the quality is going to be different from notebook to notebook or some manufacturer to manufacturer, but really when you get down to it, we're really practically using all the same stuff. All right. Well, you guys can continue talking while I re- uninstall Orca here. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, on the hardware issue, I understand completely. I'm not, I'm used to be one of those people that went for the cheapest thing possible. But, uh, you know, I found out over the years that if you want something to work right, you want something that's good quality, it's worth paying the extra money for it. Uh, I've been having a debate over this particular radio system that has people very divided, kind of like the, the Linux window argument goes on all the time. And, uh, you know, the whole point is, yeah, it's more expensive, but it's a new technology and that kind of stuff. So you... Sometimes you got to pay the money to to have the stuff that works right, and I I give uh, Russ a hard time about his about his little Apple computer over there. But I tell you right now, if I could afford one, I'd have one. <laughs> <laughs> Apple has definitely mastered the marketing angle, and um, if nothing else, their hardware is extremely sexy. I mean, uh, you can't you can't really deny that they have definitely got the aesthetic aspect of computing down to a T. Well, I, I quit having sex with my computer after leisure suit, leisure suit, Larry. And, um, well, welcome back to 1983, everybody. But, but, the thing, but the thing about it is they do, they put, do put out a quality product and this is not the Apple show. Uh, Klaatu, please don't hurt us. Uh, and, you know, and, but the whole point is it, it's good quality, it's good quality hardware is what I'm looking at. I'm still pissed off at him about that BSD thing. Yeah, but kind of back to the argument, even with Apple, granted, you know, I I can't see their notebooks or their computers, so I don't appreciate, you know, what they look like. But if you look past that and you look at what's inside the box, Apple is using the same Intel processor that's in a Frostbite system. Apple is using the same, actually, Apple is using Foxconn motherboards in their stuff instead. They're not even using Intel stuff for the motherboards, using Foxconn motherboards. So, as far as the inside goes, they're using the same, you know, more or less hard drives like Western Digital, Seagate, whatever. They're using the same RAM like Crucial or whatever they're using for their RAM. I mean, all the hardware is exactly the same. So the, you're paying, when you're paying for an Apple product, you're paying for literally just how it looks on the outside. You're not getting a better performing computer. You're not getting superior uh, hardware because it's the same exact hardware you get in an Alienware and HP. Uh, again, you know, again, a System 76, a Frostbite system. It's all the same stuff on the inside. Well, that's the same argument I put forth on the uh, on the iPods. I haven't actually ever bought one. Well, I take it back. I bought my bought my wife a shuffle one year because she was interested in having one. But uh, I've got uh, got three over here. And haven't, didn't pay for them, probably wouldn't have paid for them. And I don't see much advantage except for the fact that the, uh, software that runs on one of the computers to load stuff on and off is a little better than what I can get my hands on in Linux than my Linux boxes and my three cents of clips, you know, <laughs> and the clips were like a third of the price. Oh, look, I have audio again. Hang on a second. Things are looking up. Yeah, but don't am I still here? Blame Orca. 
Am I still here? Hello? Yeah, you're still there. I blame okay. Linux Mint Debian. I removed Orca and everything's back to normal. I think it's Bill. It's always Bill. Okay, now, but the real test is can I actually play some audio? So let me, uh, let me go ahead and try that before I get all too excited here about my audio working again. And that's what we do here every other Tuesday night, folks. We we come on in here, we tear badger up, we fix it, we we just have a a, a heck of a good time. In fact, this show uh, has been the light of my life for several years. In fact, down here where I'm at, we get we say have an expression. We say more fun than sh- more fun than shooting guns in the house. And this show is definitely more fun than shooting guns in the house. Here, here. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, Jonathan, um, I don't actually need to buy new hardware. So, um, I, oh, I... Re- reinstall Orca, reinstall Orca, <laughs> reinstall Orca. <laughs> um, we were talking about different software or different hardware in uh, different PCs, and I know that nowadays, at least as far as Apple is concerned, they're still they're using the same hardware um, that other machines are as well. They didn't used to. I mean, they used to be based on uh, the PPC architecture and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but, yes, they've all switched over to Intel, and they're using Foxconn, which had that high mortality rate from suicide thing that they talked about not too long ago. Excuse me? Huh? What are you talking about? Well, you you, you didn't hear about that? No. Are, are you aware of the, the Foxconn debacle, Jonathan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to explain it to Richard? Because apparently didn't hear about it. I'm a radio operator. I don't keep up with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, basically the Foxconn factories work their employees like to the bone, and there's been quite a few people there that have uh, basically taken their life. Oh, I've had jobs like that. <laughs> well, apparently Foxconn breeds jobs like that, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> well, all you have to do is move to China, I think. Yeah, That's all it takes. Yeah, first need a plane ticket to Beijing, and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay because chinese a, one, a one-way ticket oh man i should get the feed up hold on <laughs> yeah they probably want to hear what we're talking about oh we're ripping on beijing we definitely need the feed up um, yeah, but some chinese women are hot oh no i'll give you that i'm definitely like the asian persuasion especially the ass-kicking ones oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see uh hold on there was one in that movie last night it had bruce willis in it what what the heck was it called okay the feed should be back up L- live free or die hard Woo-hoo. can you hear us russ was like breaking stuff yeah i broke i didn't break it for crying out loud cheryl russ needs a new computer from frostbite system <laughs> I'm going to go over to Frostbite Systems and go see what system I would buy if I needed a new computer. She's she's she, she going to answer back. He can buy whatever he wants to. It's his money. No, she will not. She'll be like, another computer? What the hell are you doing? Right after like, he no, finishes. It's for you. Right after, <laughs> right after he finishes paying for my brand new truck and my bonbons. <laughs> she did just get a brand new truck. And a boat. No, that the boat was me. The truck was hers, though. How are you going to drive a boat back and forth to Arkansas from Missouri? Well, I'm not. I'm using the older truck. But you had to have a boat. I did have to have a boat. Boats are cool. Okay, a Frostbox 1000. Let's see. That's pretty competitive with Dell. Let's see. It's got 500 gig SATA drive, 7200 RPM, a DVD rewritable drive, surround sound audio, gigabit Ethernet, two USB 2.0 dri- uh, ports, 
what, no 3.0 yet? Not on that system, no. Oh, okay. But you do have systems that support USB 3? Yeah, the Frostbox 4000. Actually, I don't think I changed it yet, but yeah, the Frostbox 4000 and 3000. Okay, this one's got 2 gig of RAM, 800 megahertz front side bus. It has a NVIDIA chipset, AMD processor instead of Intel. Uh, the usual ports, a 350-watt power supply, and uh, comes in at $349. That's definitely uh, competitive. Gigabit, gigabit Ethernet. Yeah, Gigabit Ethernet. My router burst into flames if I tried to put that <laughs> through there. Uh, most of them actually have this self-mechanism where they negotiate down to an acceptable rate before they burst into flame. Yeah, but my, yeah, but my badger is crazy. <laughs> What, yours is going to try and negotiate up to a gigabit and then burst into flame? <laughs> exactly, and then it'll call the fo- call the food dog. Oh, boy. All right, we were talking about Orca at one point. We've gone far afield. <laughs> it, it's just a lot of fun to have somebody on that's, like, interesting. Oh, and somebody who, by the way, happens to know what they're talking about. If you listen about 20 minutes back when he started talking about Debian being an upstream distribution and and six-month release cycles, and blah, 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 blah. That's, that's somebody who actually yeah, knows like, some blah, stuff. Blah, 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 and it was automatic. Yeah, automatic. So uh, have we talked enough about Orca? Is there anything else we want to talk to Jonathan about? Or Is Russ done hating on Orca now? Well, I don't hate on Orca. I'm <laughs> hating on you for screwing up my computer. No, you can't help it if you need a new computer from Frostbite Systems at uh, frostbitesystems.com. Is that right, yep. Jonathan? Okay. Yep. Who makes Write the that cases? Down, Bill. Where, who, who makes the cases, Jonathan? They are mostly in-win, and there's some ever-case. Do any Depends of them have, on... like, cool, like, LED light-up type stuff? Uh, I right. think the 4000 or 3000 has some stuff like that in it. Russ. You're really pushing that 4000 You want people to buy that $1,000 computer, don't you? No, I have, I have the same margins on everything, so it doesn't matter, you know what someone gets i'm not making more money if you you buy the better the bigger one that's for sure you're just getting a better system well i'm looking at the 4000 now i'm trying to see if it if it comes out in the wash better than that 349 system or 399 or whatever it was 349 i guess yeah russ some of us don't need lights and stuff i don't need lights and stuff either. i think the sweet spot is the frostbox 2000 because that has it's an amd quad core 3.2 gigahertz it has four gigs of ram a 500 gig hard drive and it's 500 bucks. Yeah, well, the the 4000 is a Core i7, and you know what? I've, yeah, uh, I've never used a core processor, not an i3, an i5, or an i7. So that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I just sold the a Frostbox 3000, and uh, he he upgraded it to the Core i5, 2.4 gigahertz, and I installed Fedora on it, and it was the fastest inst- installation I've ever seen in my life. It had to have been literally like under 10 minutes. It was ridiculous. Oh, I've I've installed a operating system faster than that, but it was on a it was on an eight core box with uh, VMware, and installing that in a virtual machine went so fast I couldn't believe it was actually done. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then they boot so fast too. It's like um, usually usually when I'm at work and when I reboot a system, I keep a constant ping on it so I know when it comes back up. I mean, I rebooted one of these these virtual machines on that eight core box. It's, uh, it's an eight core box with sixteen gigs of RAM. I, I did I did a reboot on the machine, and the ping literally didn't stop. I mean, it rebooted <laughs> so fast it didn't lose ping. <laughs> Man, 
That is ridiculous. But these are kind of cool systems. I think everybody, I, you know, I didn't, I started out saying we, we should just talk about Orca and not let Jonathan go off on his business and all that kind of stuff. But people <laughs> should definitely check out Frostbite Systems. So let me tell you something, Russ, Russ, my man. Yeah. You know damn good and well that I am the most narcissistic of podcast hosts and that I am a firm believer in shameless self promotion. So if I got somebody on here, I think got a good product. If they can have the whole hour if they want. <laughs> oh, if you didn't think I was going to let Jonathan talk about his his stuff, you're crazy. Oh, and I got a defective pen over here. Let me see if I can. Oh, you it. are clicking that pen too. <laughs> I you threw that one behind your computer. No, I tried to make him do that, but he, I can actually hear it now. You were covering it up by talking, but put that thing away. <laughs> You, uh, no, I had the other one up here clicking it, and I, you were catching it because it was making you stop. But yeah. Anyway. Well, you are, uh, Jonathan, you you, did, you talked about one podcast you do, but you also do your own. Um, so why don't you talk about, well, I guess the other one's yours too, but you, you do the yeah. one where you uh, talk to people about different operating systems and stuff. So why don't you uh, let everybody know about that as well? Yeah, sure. The Well, the website is frostbitemedia.org. And uh, I do three podcasts right now. Uh, one is called Frostcast, where I interview uh, project leaders of, of different GNU Linux distributions or even free software projects. Like a few weeks ago, I interviewed the guy from Shotwell. Um, I've interviewed uh, the, the creator of Peppermint OS, uh, Zenwalk, uh, Salix. Um, I interviewed John Mad Dog Hall. I interviewed... Um, they're slipping my mind right now, but I've done about 34 episodes or so of, of that podcast. And then I do another one called This Week in Fedora, where I interview people within the Fedora community and we talk about projects that they're working on within Fedora or the people who work on GNOME and Fedora, or I've interviewed the project leader when he was the project leader at the time, Paul Freels. I've interviewed the current project leader, Jared Smith, a couple of times. Uh, people on the design team. I've interviewed Fab from Linux Outlaws on this week in Fedora. You and then, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, the other podcast I do is This Week in Debian, which again is, uh, I interview people within the, in the Debian community and, uh, we discuss projects that they're working on, things that they do within Debian. I've interviewed Zach, the project leader, twice now. People who, ha- who helped to create the new Debian website. I've interviewed George Castro from Ubuntu when we talked about, De- uh, Debian der- derivatives, which Ubuntu is one of those. Um, you know, so I, I do interviews like that within uh, This Week in Debian. And those are the three podcasts I'm doing right now. All right. Well, you have a busy schedule, it sounds like. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so Orca, OrcaCast is resting? Yeah, for right now. I, I might be – I'm going to be picking – I got a couple of interviews already done for it, but I, I kind of fell to the wayside and I got busy doing the other ones. So I'm going to be picking that one back up relatively soon. Yeah, okay. We'll send people over there anyway uh, so that they can get a new computer from Frostbite Systems at frostbitesystems.com, and uh, they'll have newer and better stuff than Russ has got. Maybe for the next Orca cast, I'll, I'll interview Russ and have him give me his opinion on Orca. Yeah, you can have him come on your show and break some stuff. I tell you what, I would love to give you my opinion on Orca. <laughs> <laughs> the thing of it is, uh, w- this is always happens in a live environment, though. Everything goes to hell when you're trying to do something on the fly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I've actually used Orca successfully in the past without any problems whatsoever. But, you know, th- this is the nature of the beast right here. <laughs> I told you he drinks a bit. <laughs> Don't give away all my secrets for crying out loud. <laughs> Stop laughing, you schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, I, actually, I found out an interesting little factoid, and that's that uh, the schmuck is the piece that they throw away. Oh, I'm sorry. Then you're not a schmuck. I, I got to find a different Yiddish word for you then. <laughs> mensch? What's a mensch? Is that is that something we can call you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm not Jewish. You know, I answer to most anything. Most most often, hey, you fat guy. Oh, let's see. Mensch actually means a person of integrity and honor. So yes, you are a mensch. There you go. I had one. I had a a, a ethnic group here in town that used to refer to me as a wise guy. <laughs> Does that and mean that you was, like that? Was huh? Does that mean you're part of the mob? Well. They were. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you did broadcast from the basement of the Chinese laundry for for a couple of weeks. Uh, Chinese laundry, yes. Now that Actually, now that seems kind of suspicious. Now that I know you've talked with the mob, and now I see why I want to work at Foxconn. That was another laugh. Another laugh. Uh, I think he actually owns Foxconn. I think that's what the deal is. No, I want you to know that all my overworked, underpaid. Uh, food-deprived employees work at their dry-cleaning store across the street. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. In Texas someplace. Okay, well, there's about 3,000 ethnic jokes that aren't going to be told right now. Um, we can tell them. They can just be cut out. No, I'm not going to bother with that. I'm just going to avoid the whole issue by not having to cut them. You're a lot less fun since I quit drinking. <laughs> Oh, boy. You you drank a couple episodes ago. What happened? Well, I haven't been able to afford any more. Oh. And she, she won't let me buy vodka. She, I'm, I'm on a vodka diet. You mean a no vodka diet? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. All right, Jonathan, is there anything else you'd like to talk to us about since we've gone way far afield and completely forgot anything we were talking about five minutes ago? Can we give you some podcasting tips? Can we tell you how to do a live show and break Badger. Oh, and Richard was talking over me. If you do do that, you know, that Orca cast again and want to talk to me about Orca, you know, let me know because I definitely will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This, that would be kind of an interesting topic. It's like Orca, Orca and, uh, you know, accessibility options, uh, blind accessibility options for the sighted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like something that would show up on, like, Second City TV or something or Saturday Night Live. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Richard, you got anything else for Jonathan? No, I'm looking for a tissue. Okay, because right now he's he's got a, an hour and 37 minutes of his life he'll never get back, so we probably should let him <laughs> That's right. He probably hated every minute of it. <laughs> oh, no, it was a blast. <laughs> all right. Well, we really appreciate it, Jonathan. It's been a, it's been a pleasure talking to you uh, in all seriousness, um, which we never really get around to. But anyway, uh, uh, I do hope everybody checks out your podcasts. I, I listen to them faithfully. And uh, if you need a new computer, go to frostbitesystems.com. And uh, you, you say your systems may be a little more expensive, but they're actually pretty price competitive for what you get. So uh, I, I will definitely look that way next time I need another computer, even though I've got, like, 17 already. What's 18? Yeah, yeah, yeah what's another one when you have 17? You know, I think <laughs> Richard's might, got me trumped. Make sure y'all check the show notes out there because uh, there'll be links to Frostbite Media and Frostbite uh, uh systems on the in the show notes and i'm sorry y'all go ahead oh that's okay but if you can do me one favor try not hey. to do another po- no, no no not you jonathan oh. if you can do <laughs> if you can do me one favor don't do another podcast for at least six hours okay is that okay can we uh can we have you as yeah. all to ourselves yeah. for about six hours yeah I don't, I don't have any uh any plans like i said 
it, we can tell Richard how the, the daunting, grueling task he went through to, to get a hold of me. So, yeah, that's right. We'll tell him the story after the show. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Hey, no problem. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate your time. Jonathan, thank you, and uh, hope to have you back pretty soon. Yeah, anytime, definitely. Okay, so now we burn up all our time. Thank you, folks, for joining us. We had a really great interview tonight. Uh, if y'all want to find out more about Frostbite Systems, go over to frostbitesystems.com. Uh, if you want to check out Jonathan's uh, podcast, go over to frostbitemedia.org and uh, check that out. And if you have any questions, send them all to Bill because Bill is the answer man. So if you want to get a hold of me, you can contact me at kb5jbv at gmail.com, kb5jbv at gmail.com, or follow me on the whatever I've been telling y'all forever in a day. I think it's what, uh, Identica, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. You can, you, can contact, you can leave me some information there. You can contact me there, friend me up, whatever you want to do. Uh, just don't friend me up if you look too good because... I got a jealous wife. Anyway, with that, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Russ and let him uh, give you his information. Tell him about it, Russ. Okay, you can contact me at uh, all of the different social media sites on the Internet, like Identica and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, using J.R. Woodman. I'm K5TUX over at 73s.org. You can email me at K5TUX at LHSpodcast.info. You can email the both of us at info at LHSpodcast.info. And that will make Richard happy. You can leave us a comment on the website. Check us out at lhspodcast.info. All of the information about our podcast and where you can link to the live feeds and all of that good type stuff is over there. You can leave us a voicemail at 417-200-4811. Option three, I believe it is. Make sure you select the right one. And we'll put you on the air unless you tell us not to. Uh, everything else, you just go to lhspodcast.info4, and you'll find everything you need to know there, including when we're recording live, what events we're going to be at, and all of that good stuff. So check it out, and uh, I guess we'll be back in the studio live in a couple of weeks. So from the pine forest between the peaks of north-central Arkansas, this is Russ, K5TUX, signing off, and or, yeah, Bill. Bill's in the chat room, but we'll let Richard sign, uh, sign off by saying, well, see, Russ knows that Bill was thinking about it because Bill wanted me to relay to y'all that you can hold all those queries because he the uh, generic answer is 42. And with that, we'll see y'all next time. Oh, yeah. So, Richard, do, do you want to know the, 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 the troubles that Russ had to go through to, to get a hold of me? Well, uh, I was being very quiet because if very quiet when he thinks of something he didn't do during the show, he can always cut it out and stick it in somewhere. But I imagine it was probably at least one email. No, I, I, hopped, in, I hopped in the IRC room today, the Oddcast Plant IRC room. Uh, I, was, I don't remember who I was talking. I think I was talking with Claude, too, and, and this other guy. And Russ popped in. He was like, hey, Frostbite, what's up? And I was oh, not much. Hey, when are we going to get the interview on our podcast? I said, anytime. He said, how about tonight? I said, what time? <laughs> he told him what time. I said, all right, be there tonight. <laughs> That's why it showed up in the etherpad while I was putting other stuff in. So, <laughs> Yeah. You see how, you see how hard, how much of my life I invest in this show? I mean, I mean, do you see the effort I put in? Artist working man in podcasting. That's right. Right after Dave Yates. Actually, I love anything that's easy. Do I recall correctly that you actually live in one of those Worcester burbs that begins with an S? No, well, I live, I live in uh, Douglas. Okay.
Yeah, I, I live close to Worcester, though, like 25 minutes away or so, 20 minutes or whatever. So have so you been? Close. So I've, I wanted to ask you this, and I'm going to screw it up, I know, but I'm going to ask anyway. Have you been to Chargagog, Manchagog, Chabanagungamog? No, but it's actually pretty close to where I am. <laughs> yeah, I thought it might be. That's down in Webster, right? Yeah, Don't exactly. get all you've been yep. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a real place. Yeah, no, like, yeah, it really is. It's actually they call it Lake Webster for short, but it's yeah, it's actually it's an a real old place. Indian, uh, you know, name of the lake or whatever. Yeah, it's literally like you know, I think it, it, every letter in the alphabet at least twice. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was one of the. I mean, when I lived there, you know, that's one of the things you learn about. And it was some. Uh, isn't that? It's either the lake or near the lake where um, uh, Henry David Thoreau did his stuff. Yeah. Who? Yep. Who? Who? Yeah, Henry David Thoreau. You've heard of him? Ralph Waldo uh, Emerson? Those folks? No? Um, no, but you sure know who Richard Harris is, don't you? And I know who H.P. Lovecraft is, too. <laughs> All right. Larry Niven. Larry Niven. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. I'm just being stupid. The book was Walden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Walden Pond is somewhere near that ridiculously named lake. So, <laughs> booga 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 booga. It's Chagagog Manchagagog Chabanagungamog. I'm pretty sure that's close to right. That actually uh, is kind of close. Yeah, <laughs> much better than what I can do. <laughs> All right. Well, we're already 20 minutes in. Show's done. Uh, thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for coming by this evening. Uh, if Please send all your hate mail to Jonathan Nadeau. <laughs> no, send it to Link at the Nado. <laughs> Jonathan Nado. Nado, Nado, Nado. Nado, yeah. yeah. Th thanks for having me. I had a great time. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. <laughs> all right. We're a little bit more laid back over here. Then who? Not, not the Linux League not. Tech Show. I can, I can tell you that right now. Well, it could be worse. It could be the Burton Ernie Show. <laughs> See, I'm not the only one that calls them that. <laughs> you just have a hate on for for uh, Linux Action Show, don't you? No, Brian, Chris, and I have this tremendous man love, and we <laughs> we try to fight it. We just fight it. That's where the badger comes in. Uh, aspirin down. We'll be good in about 20 minutes on that. All right, <laughs> let's get this show on the road. <coughs> Clear the barnacles. Apparently, everybody in the uh, oh no, look, Bill posted the name. It's Chabun Chabunagungamog. That's it. I thought there was more to it than that. That might not be the right one. There's there's a few of them. Yeah, there's there's one that's got a lot more letters in it than that one. Yeah. Let me let me put in what I think it's spelled like, and Google will fix it for me. That would be quite <laughs> impressive if Google if Google does fix that for you. Yep, here it is. Um. Lake Chargagog Agog, okay, Char, Chargagog Manchagagog Chabanagungamog. I actually did have it right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yep. Why don't you highlight it, copy it, and paste it in the chat room? And paste it in the chat room? I can do that. Yeah, that, that's got, that's got to be like 24 letters. I don't know how many letters it is. I can't do that real quick, but let me see. <laughs> okay, this where, is... Where them words come from? That ain't French. There it is, in the chat. No, that's, that's, that's the Native American. That's the Native American. Yeah. I even know what it means. My people never say... Badger. Like, like that? 
It, you want to know what it means? I, I'm not, I swear, I'm not looking this up, and I bet somebody could look it up and tell me if it's if I'm correct. Get but I'm pretty sure. I think yeah. I have the rough, a rough idea of what it is. I'm pretty sure it means I fish on this side, you fish on your side or that side, and no one shall fish in the middle or something yeah, that, close that, to that. that. That's, what, that's what I believe it is, too, yeah. So if anybody else wants to take a crack at saying that word, go for it. <laughs> uh, the Moogulous one says you need to need to quit whining. Am I whining? She asked if you needed a glass of water and a tissue. Oh, no, I'm not crying. Probably thinks I'm choking <laughs> on it or something. Yeah, yeah really. I'm after saying that. <laughs> I told y'all. It's a, it's that 90 proof he's, got, he's working on. What a mackerel. No, not mackerel. Chargagagog. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Anytime you want to start, we can get off I of was it. trying to start while I go, and you got the, like, choking on something. No, Bill posted it in the chat room. That's what, you know, started it all back up again. Oh, okay. Russ right. had to put it to rest. That's right. I can see it. I wonder how much of this I end up in the book room.